Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. Hey guys, episode 94. Listen, this is a special episode. It's another value of coaching series. And this time I talked to my client, Karen, who is a high level executive who took a job and where she was the only. We all know sometimes what that could feel like, but listen as she described how she made the switch from deciding to hire someone to focus solely on her career to making the switch to finding me and working with me. And we worked on her mindset, which bled into her career and how that actually helped and how she was like, wait a minute, you don't do personality tests? I'm like, nope, I don't. It was was fun to hear her talk about going through that process and how she made that decision. Listen in as she explains how the weekly calls helped her to develop her own self-coaching and self-trust and what she thought about it before and what she thought about it afterwards. And especially listen for how you can tell her confidence in herself grew as the coaching container continued, like how she talks about no longer stifling herself and how she would catch herself and coach herself. She even introduced this term BB before Brig. <laughs> I love it. But like how she rewired her brain and understood that she really was exactly what that company needed, what she needed. She had everything she needed. And also there we discussed a little bit about her Jamaican heritage and how that played a role in how she thought about herself and how she rewired and rechose those. This is going to be a good one. Listen in. I will talk to you guys next week. Oh, and don't forget, if you are a avid listener, even if you're not, if you just listen every once in a while, but you have a favorite podcast, help us please celebrate our 100th episode. Going to have something special for those of you who send in an MP3 audio of like, what was your favorite episode and why? Any aha, any breakthroughs, whatever. Please join in on this celebration with us, a celebration of us talking thought work, mind work, all of this our way, right? Because there's so many spaces that talk about it in a way that's different than the way we would talk about it. So let's celebrate us. Send it in to support at brickjohnson.com. We only have this week and next week. That's it. My podcast editor is closing it off. So please support at brickjohnson.com if you have a favorite episode. And I just want you to share it. And you get to talk a little bit about who you are and plug yourself too and what you do. All right. Bye. Hey guys, we got another episode. And you know, I'm always extra giddy when I have a special guest. So we have another client in the the value of coaching series. You know, I love that series because I love us understanding what the value of coaching is on a realistic view. Like what people really get out of it and from their words, not my words, because I can tell you a whole bunch of shit, right? But like from my clients' words, like why they reached out to me, what was it, what's the value? And so I have another client here for you, the amazing, and she's all dolled up and beautiful. So I will let her introduce herself. Go ahead, introduce yourself, Miss Karen. Hi, everyone. I am Karen Livingstone and very happy to be here today. I am happy for you to be here today, too. Such a transformation for you. Like, amazing. (laughs) 
I remember our first call, how nervous and anxious you were. So like, what made you reach out? The reaching out was because I was being offered a new job, more senior level. And how I found you is I was looking for a coach and I wanted a black woman to coach me. And I was looking for someone specifically in the UK and I just couldn't find the right fit. Mm -hmm. And then I did more deep down search and I found your good self. And that's how we met. (laughs) That's how we met. Mm -hmm. And I think I was coming from me tying in with you. I was really doing this purely from a career approach. So it's just like, it's the next level up. This is what I need to do. And I, I think I had all these preconceived notions of kind of some traditional approaches to coaching where, okay, this is the work that you're going to do. What's your personality like? And I thought that was going to be the type of, that's what I was expecting. And so mm. I remember when we first met and I was just like, oh, do you need my personality? And you're like, no, my personality profile? No. Am I going to be doing work? Nope you'll be busy enough in your job, won't you? I was thinking, okay. So it all kind of, so that threw me. So I was like, oh, this is different. And that's what I was like, okay, I like this. And it's just, and it was, and I like the fact it was different. Okay. Cause like, if it wasn't what you was expecting, like what was it about it that made you go ahead and sign up? Because you were really clear on what you do. So you're like, how can, do you think I can help you is what you said. Do you think I can? And I was quite anxious. Like, I'm not sure. I think you know I can. It's like, okay. But it's just like, I don't, you'll have enough work to do. So I don't need mm-hmm. to do that. It's about mm-hmm. changing the mindset. And it was, it was this kind of this all round life focus, as opposed to, it's not just about work. So there was things for me where I'm like, I was a black woman, you know, I'm just concerned. I'm going to be the first black person there. And what does this mean? Yeah. You went deeper than that. And it's just kind of cutting you, you cut through all the dross and all the cliches of, okay, it needs to be at this. And that's when I was just like, okay, I'm ready for this journey. So that's what I found really interesting. And the meeting every week, I think at first I was like, oh, it's <laughs> like, so does it have to lot. be? That's a lot. You were, I think you were like, can we do it every other week? And I was like, no. No, no, ma'am. That's not what I do. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, oh, okay. So that's, and it was different to other coaches where it's just like we meet once a month or we meet every quarter. And I was like, okay, but there's no work. I couldn't. There's a couple of things I just couldn't reconcile. But this is about the change that you want to see. So I was like, let me go with it. Let's see what happens because I I want something to happen. And I wasn't quite sure what. Yeah, I knew I wanted to to kind of be confident. But it's just in, in what? So yes, that's why I was quite excited to to start the journey. Which and what's so funny about it is like because as we progressed, there were times where we didn't meet, and then you would get on the call and be like, "I like almost wanted to call you." Like, <laughs> yeah. And then I remember you said, "But can, this shouldn't be a codependency." I was like, oh, "Right, right, okay, yeah." I I hear that as well. And then, it, and that was getting into my thinking spaces, you know, as we started going through the sessions, it's like, okay, well, why do I need that validation? And I think that safety net for those first few months, and I found it really useful for me because I was, particularly in my career, because I was going in this very new space where I felt that the, the weekly calls were almost a crutch. I, okay, this has happened. I need to ask Brig. But then I was almost trying to engineer things to happen just before the next call. But it would always happen just after our call. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to have to sort this out myself. That's what the universe has been putting out, yeah. That is like perfect, right? Because the whole thing is what I wanted you guys to be able to do is to be able to trust your own self-coaching and to manage your own brain. And I like, it comes weekly because Like it is a rewiring of your brain. And so I'm showing you, but at the same time, you get to practice it on your own. So good. Yes, no, definitely. So yeah, it just always works. As soon as a call happened, the next day, where I'm like, I really wish I could speak to Brig, but it's just like, you're going to have to to do it yourself. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, Brig's taught me this. I'm going through here and really just unpacking and unpicking why I'm responding to things the way I am and really being honest, deep down honest with myself. And that that started to feel really good as I went through it. It was emotional, I think, at first because it was new. And it was sometimes it felt critiquing yourself, 
Mm-hmm. You know, like, why are you doing, like, you shouldn't be doing this, but kind of, and it's not nulling the voices, but accepting all the voices and like, okay, hearing all this, but I'm going to do this and we, yes. and just moving on. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I love it. And y'all, if she wanted to call me, she t- totally could have. Like, it's not that she, it's not like I tell my clients, they cannot call me. You cannot, like my clients email me, you can call, you can text, but. That's not what she's saying either. <laughs> no, absolutely, no, absolutely, no, absolutely. You can, you can. I didn't. I guess when I looked at some of the issues that were happening straight after the call, I was like, I wanted to, but I was just waiting for that environment. We have a time difference between mm-hmm. us uh, as well, yeah. and so I was just like, oh, you know what? That doesn't for for the decisions I need to do. I can't wait, and ha- having gone through the sessions. It doesn't change that the decision's still mine. So, like, <laughs> so and the, these are all the things I was thinking through. I could really do with Brick. And then it's like, well, what would Brick do? Because it's like, okay, so why are you feeling this way? Or what's causing this emotion? And so I was going through all this and I was just like, but then it still comes to me to make the decision. And so okay. that was my shift where I'm like, I would love to call, but I can can wait till next week because and we've got the time difference. And I almost want this immediate answer. I'm quite yes. I was like really quite action orientated. So I was thinking, I need an immediate answer, which given where I'm at at the moment, I'm just I'm not gonna get get it. So what's the coping mechanism? What happens here? What why is this triggering, you know, feeling this way? So yeah. So good. So good. So it's basically like you taught what I did with you to yourself so you can do it to yourself. And there was some kind of part of that where you learn to have your own back, like regardless of the decision, I'm going to take care of myself. Absolutely. And just yeah. owning it. So, yeah. And that was, it was liberating. So I think it came up when we were halfway through the session. I wanted to do something and I don't know why actually it was something about I'm an entrepreneur as well, so I have my own personal business. But there was something about, you know, how can I look at this in a new light? How can I kind of galvanize business? And I wanted to arrange the International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. And you say, like, that's really good. So what are you going to do? What can this mean? Because I was like, I know lots of people, but I'm just, I don't know why I'm not utilizing this more. Yeah, I organized within my um, local community, International Women's Day. And it, there wasn't lots of numbers, but there was really some extraordinary women turned up and it was just an amazing day just to share stories. And I remember when I talked to you about it, it's just like, but they turned up, you made that happen. Yes. And it's when I remembered that, I was like, oh, yes, I did. And I don't think I acknowledged that until I heard it from you. And then I realized that we can enact things and, you know, we can be the authors of those things and just own that. It doesn't matter what happens in the, the conversations in between. If people are turning up, that's amazing. And it's just kind of looking at wins from a macro level to a micro level and accepting that those are shifts. Like those people turned up for me. The conversations were really rich. It was actually quite intimate. You know, people walked away and said, you know, I really enjoyed that. And that built my confidence. And there's something I'm doing within within the workspace that that I felt compelled to do. But I'm not afraid to do it now. Just testing new things and think, yeah, it, it just feels really quite, it's very liberating. And so I'm not stifling myself. Like, well, I don't think I can. Yeah, I, I think I told you about my business and you just, I'm like, oh yeah, you've got this. I mean, I have a young son and the plan was over my maternity leave, I was going to pick this up, but hadn't really taken on board the place. And, you know, what was the value I was giving to myself? And I never actually questioned it because it was all about helping people. And so there was lots of things that for me that you really got me kind of, yeah, what is my value? And I don't think I'd ever looked at it in that way before because I thought my value was about helping and serving. But there's a way to serve yourself and, and serve others at the same time. It doesn't, they're not mutually exclusive and things can be mutable too. Yes. I think as women, especially Black women, we're just conditioned that our worth is how much we serve, how much we sacrifice. Like the the message of the good woman is always like she gets up at 5 a.m. She does this, like she cooks. Her kids are great. Her husband is well, like all of the stuff. And she shows up to work and she does everything and no problem. <laughs> like, yeah. And I remember you say, because you're like, but you can be a human, do it, but you're not a human being. You're not just being in the moment. And 
that's taken a lot of unpacking because of all the conditioning. The conditioning for me that from young, I'm a child of um, Jamaican immigrants. It's just like you have to work harder. You have to do this. You're going to kind of soften your voice. You'll be maybe perceived as being a bit more aggressive and just going to church and making sure you do this, the cooking and what have you. And so that sense of serving has been a form of validation because why would I not do it? Right. And so and that's taken a while and it's still a journey. I'm not, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that I'm definitely completed that at all. But yeah, there's lots of things I really check all those narratives that has really conditioned me to this point. And like, what, well, why do I do that? Why do I accept that? Why? Yeah. And just unpacking those things. Yes, I love it. Let me just say, I'm just going to be candid here for a minute. And I know the people at your job don't believe it because you've told me about it, but you were pretty nervous about taking this job. And now you're like boss babe. So I was nervous because it's quite a conservative organization. So it's a a faith-based organization, Catholic, and I'm not, I'm not Catholic. So I was really concerned about that piece. And I was concerned because I'd be the first black woman as part of the executive. And part of me was concerned it was a tokenistic kind of hire. And I was feeding an anxiety and that needs unpacking because if I start buying into those narratives, then I set myself up for failure. And, and we were speaking about that. So that's what I was nervous about. And it was just the CEO, she's wonderful. She's sincere. She's warm. And I have to, and you always say this is very good. I've been sharing this with everyone, meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I have been doing that and it's really liberating. But all those kind of, those worries, I accept them, but I have to move on. and. I acknowledge them and I share them. I've shared them with some of my colleagues. I, I share them with my friends and family at home, but it's not the, the stick that beats me. Yeah. And I really would kind of implore and encourage your other clients, other women, other sisters, just to be mindful of that, that we don't, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter actually if it's tokenistic or not. It can work and you don't have to buy into that and you can make it whatever you want to, for it to be. And I think that's important to challenge that narrative because everything's swimming around, but you don't have to buy it. Yes, totally. Okay. So if you can describe like what's different about you now that before and after, like if you can describe something like what's different about you now? I'm not as reactive. I don't respond emotionally as much. And that's something I've noticed. So in my personal life, if someone's not happy, I just listen, like, fine. And then, okay, what can I do? Where, how can I help? Or, or things. So I'm just not as emotionally reactive. If I find someone is riling me, I'm actually going through that. Okay, well, what is triggering this immediate feeling that you're doing? And I just kind of like, okay, accept it, but I've got to move on because I need to meet that person where they're at. So I do find I'm definitely not as reactionary. And I've had feedback from others where, like, oh, I speak to you, you sound so different. <laughs> and it's, oh, okay okay and I think at first when I was speaking to you I was just like I don't feel anything but I think maybe I think it was March after the International Women's Day that's when I was just like okay this is it's not an emotive piece and that's what I've noticed and so things that have happened to me I'm just I'm like okay I can't change that but this is what I can change and I really accept my locum of control so good Have you noticed relationships improving or your thoughts about relationships improve with anybody, any people? Yes. So with my my family, my mom and and brother, and even my son, it's just, I'm a bit more laid back as as I can be and just Mm -hmm. let them have their space and also just don't respond to it. So I had to ask my brother for something. And I think back in like, shall we say kind of, BB, so before Brig, it would have been, oh gosh, I'm going to have to go through this. And I'm already speculating all the responses where he's going to say no and I'm going to get this. Mm -hmm. But now it's just like, it doesn't matter what the answer is, but I'm going to ask. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't. And it's just kind of how you turn up to it, as you say. It just, it has such a different feeling. And that's what I've noticed. And so I've been implying that with definitely with my family life. Nothing's happening personally at the moment, but it doesn't bother me as much. And so when Mm -hmm. it happens, it it will. And definitely in the professional space, that's what's going on. And with my friends as well. And I think I I was quite, I feel that I was quite cynical before BB. 
<laughs> so I love that. <laughs> so there's sometimes my friends call me, I'm like, okay, well, you just want this. Or I was just quite cynical about what the nature of the friendship was. And that comes into that conditioning of serving. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of really removing that serving, like, oh, I'm meant to help you on this. And I'm I'm not necessarily like me listening or just giving it, that's helping. And, yes. and just really kind of, that has been a big shift for me, kind of readjusting that expectation of myself, where if a friend's calling, that means they, they have to have help me and it, and it doesn't. And that's been, yeah, that's a big shift I've seen in myself. And just, I think in the conversations I've been having and the feedback I've I've had is just, I'm really just positive. And it's just, yeah, could say BB. I don't know if I was really just quite miserable, but um, yeah, it's just kind of just an even kill, but you don't, no one comes off the call and it's just like, it's just, oh my goodness. And so I'm getting, yeah. So, and that just, it feeds itself and mm-hmm. okay, can we do this? And I'm, and I feel so much more empowered because if I can't, it's a no and I don't have to explain it. It's just yes. right now, and that feels good. So what's the impact of how you're showing up differently at work at the new position? Because there is a difference now. There's a difference, but because I knew that, I don't know mm-hmm. if they would know the difference. Because No, been, I'm just saying you. Like, I know. Oh, you me. Know. Oh, yeah. so, but the difference for me is I make the decisions. I own things more. And I yes. accept that things are not always going to, to be right. And that's quite liberating because now I've been, you know, I can send out something. I got it wrong, put my hands up to it, or I'm still kind of formulating a strategy and it's okay. And I don't burden myself down with it. I'd be as transparent as professionally possible, but just keep it moving because I don't want to be held down by those. There's nothing's really, there's bigger things to do and yeah, and just taking it on. So that's what I've been doing. And when I feel the creep come in and it inevitably does, I accept it and I'm like, okay, so maybe I need either park it for the day, do it another day, or just like, okay, just keep talking to myself, coaching it through, going through the model. And I think the beauty of having it over six months and it being weekly, it does become a mindset because yeah. you're almost, do, you do it very quickly. And as black women, we know what we're doing quickly because of the racism that we deal with and it's all coded. So mm-hmm. that's all quite, you know, like I've got this vibe, but that's done in a millisecond. And all of a sudden you're, you're doing these kind of the models. It's just like a millisecond, like, duh, 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 or, you know, someone's approaching me. Okay. This is immediately how I'm feeling. So let me quickly just check this and why. Duh, okay. Yeah. So let me just go back and I'm back at neutral. How can I help you? And right. <laughs> from there, right? Yeah. Just let them be like, okay. Yeah. yeah. How has it affected you in actually enjoying your job now? Like enjoying the experience of your job now? I just, I accept it and I can do, I can do what I want to do. Do you know what I mean? I can, Mm -hmm. I can express Mm -hmm. the idea. So I've I've really been enjoying it in that aspect. And also there's lots of elements of, of the work that CAFOD is doing where we're really diversity and inclusion Mm -hmm. is a really big thing. So there's something about kind of how do you diversify not only the workplace, but kind of the Catholic community in England and Wales. And so mm-hmm. there's um, a school I support mm-hmm. and I mentioned where I worked. I just mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And it so happened that a couple of people there, Catholics, oh, I've heard of where you work. Oh, I'd be really interested. It was just amazing just creating the links. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'll be honest, BB, I wouldn't have done that. I would have just been like, this is everything is a compartmentalization for me. So like it's just work, close it down. Who's yes. interested? And it's faith-based. And I, I would be putting all those kind of negative spiels on it. Who would want to hear about that? And but that would go all removed. I just, oh, you know, this is where I work. Oh, I've heard of that. Goodness, they've hired you. It's amazing. And the things that we're doing, it's just like there's lots of synergies. Well, could you help us with this? And so that's been amazing. Yeah, it's just been liberating because the conversations are a lot more open. And so Why are they open now? Because before, what were you thinking and what are you thinking now? You're like, you're less reactive and more you, no matter where you are, it sounds like. Why? Because I'm meeting people where they are, as opposed Mm -hmm. to kind of assuming where they should be. So where I've been in other places was like, well, 
this person should be acting this way and it's really annoying me so I'm not getting this and then and then it was impacting how I was reacting and so in this organization and because we've got this sensitive topic for some on on race I have to kind of step back because I know it's this is organization this is where it's at that I guess there's some things I suspect I may hear but I still need to hear it so that's why I have to meet everyone where they're at and so and that's been liberate because I've actually got lots of information and it's almost on a non-judgmental basis because it has to be. Yeah. And so, and that's been good to, because that's really helps to create a safe working environment. And so, yeah. And so people have been approaching me, white women, white men, and just hearing things where I honestly, BB, you're like, what the, <laughs> at the moment, but it's just like, okay, wow. And then I can go through the model. Well, okay. Where's this person coming from? Why? Okay, think this is what we need to do. And, and, and that's been really helpful. And so, and that goes into other areas. So, like I said, there's a school I support, and it was, there's a really lovely board of volunteers on there. And kind of the direction that they're going and how they're doing it, it's just, it's interesting just to step back and just think, okay, well, this is why they're saying what they're saying. They've been doing this for years, it's been going on for 40 years, but it's just been really interesting to check, kind of check myself. And then being open, because I think people respond to that energy as well. That's what I find is really good. So when I was approached about, oh, you know, would you like to be part of it? It was, I, yeah, I felt flattered and that, that was really amazing. But you say this all the time, but it's actually how you show up. It's not yes. necessarily responding to you any differently, but it's kind of what my mindset has gone through. So I think the more we create internalized safety for ourselves as Black women, the safer the environment, like we create the safety in ourselves, then we can participate in creating safe places. But it takes safe people to create safe places. Because if not, it's just check marks, right? It's literally just check marks. Do you do this? But if we don't change the attitude or the mindset, then it's just check marks. Absolutely. And I've definitely seen that in work where I'm having lots of conversations but you wouldn't have been able to have those conversations had you not had your internal safety, right? Like those challenging Absolutely. conversations yeah. and listening, literally listening to and trying to solve the for the problem, not for taking it personal and solve it for you. Yes. I think that's been amazing to me because sometimes I have that out of body experience. Like, OK, so you just tolerate you listen to that, Karen. Well done. And now I don't, I think at first I was doing that definitely as well. But now it's just like, it's so liberating because you haven't got the baggage. And so you don't have the anger. And it's just interesting because of kind of the experiences I've had in the workplace, particularly in other places, like it's wrong. This is, this is not right. And would it have been different had I turned up differently? Possibly, but the actions of what had had happened was still the same. I think because I am action orientated, it still helped me that I, there was actions I, I, I've taken. But I think with regard to calling it out, there's a de- definitely, I found that a safer way to do it without kind of getting me riled up. But yes. just like, okay, I, this is something I've observed and I'm going to call it out right now and just yes. leave it there. And that kind of satisfies my spirit and, and I can keep moving on. Yeah. It's such a more powerful position. And that's what I've seen from you more so than anything. It's like, I'm like, you know exactly what you need to do. And it's like, when you removed all of the, it should be done at this time and what other people think. When you removed all of that and just trusted yourself, it was like, you know exactly how to do this position. And that took me a while to understand because I was thinking, why is she not setting me any homework? You're like, you're like you, know, you know what you need to do. And I'm like, you know oh. what you need to do. Most of my clients that I coach, I'm not an expert in their field. Like I'm not a DEI expert. Like I'm not. I'm a mindset expert for high achieving black women, which is a completely separate thing. I want to release you from all of your bullshit so that Mm. you can release your genius because it's there. I totally believe in it. If I don't believe in you as a client, I don't take you on. That's what the call is for. If I'm like, if I don't believe like, yeah, then I don't take you on. 
So my belief is always there for you, like to see it in your highest. It's I'm always thinking what's getting in the way of her genius. That's all I'm thinking when I'm coaching you is like, what's getting in the way of her seeing her power? Where is her power going someplace else? Where does someone else need to change or something else need to happen in order for her to have power? Because that's a leak of power. So good. And you got that. Like you totally got that and owned it. Just to watch you, even like in your house renovation, how you dealt with people, how you made decisions, how you dealt with everything. It was like your power stayed within and you just became so, not to say like, listen, y'all, we're not talking about like, we don't have any problems and we're just level-headed, cool as a cucumber when somebody calls us the N-word. No, that is not what we're saying. No. But what we are saying is like, there's a way to respond and react and the power is choosing. And it's really, I would say it's not about playing the game either. Yeah. So it's not, it's not, it's not that kind of, no. okay, I have to respond in this way because society, and then, and then you start going in all those stereotypes. It's not about that at all, because what I found, I don't buy into the stereotypes at all. So I'm just responding because this exactly. is for me to, exactly. for, for me, so that I don't have to kind of carry this on. So yeah. if I hear, you know, I have seen it. I've, I remember I had someone approach me. They didn't know who I was mm-hmm. and they assumed it was clearly a microaggression. They were just like, oh, are you uh da-da? No. And I already could see the scenario. Right. But I already accepted so <laughs> I saw the scenario, but I was like, yeah, but this embarrassment will not be mine. Yeah. So that was why I took this is my safe space. I will respond, but I'm going to now meet this person where they're at. And they were, they're being quite rude. So it's just no hello. It's just like, are you plump? No. Are you sure? No, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm not. Have we met? No, we haven't. Are you? And he said someone else's name. And I said, okay, so another black woman. So you clearly are not going to recognize <laughs> one. And then I, and then I stood up and I said my title. And that's when the penny kind of dropped. Mm-hmm. But it had to take say in the title. But I didn't feel embarrassed by this at all. Because yeah. <laughs> you came up to me. I, it wasn't the other way around. And then, so that was just an interesting thing. And I, I know I spoke to you about it where I'm just like, well, I don't need to take this anywhere yes. Yes. For, for me. But I did actually get um, quite a, an apologetic, oh, I don't normally approach people like this. Duh, duh, duh. But it's just like, it's not my problem. Professionally, it's just like, okay, I, I identified that this is what my colleagues of, who are Black women, women of colour are experiencing. And so, yes, yes that goes into the memory bag. And I'm like, okay. Now I've actually seen the behaviors in, in this in the, the environment. I know exactly what to do. But it's, I'm not taking this home. This doesn't go into kind of the bitterness mm. of like that was being done to me. I just like, okay, seen it. And we just keep moving on. Before the BB, what would you have done? <laughs> <laughs> the BB. <laughs> Before that, I would have been mulling over, like, can you believe yes, right. And then speaking to someone that you never guess what this did. And just like really possibly just milking it out to an end of what. And then I guess in other places, would I, I may have, may have called it out. Yeah. May have not. I may, I don't know. Could you, yeah. There's processes, yeah. you can do a grievance. Mm-hmm. You're just thinking, mm-hmm. why should I? So, but I was you know, the frustration, I, I think definitely would have been talking it through with someone. Yeah. It's just yeah. almost like a, an afterthought, just like, oh, you never guess what happened, right? Yeah, got the apology there. Just like, what's, what was this, Karen? Like, yeah, okay. I just think of, like, it's a gift to you. Forget about other people. Like, that's always what I'm teaching my clients is, like, it's the most compassionate thing for you. It's a gift for you. The energy drain of talking about that, mulling over in it, getting all anger, Like, first of all, that energy drain costs you focusing on the thing that you want to create and put out in the world. It costs you your brilliance because we have a limited supply of where our brain can focus, right? So if we're always focused on every microaggression and reacting as opposed to responding, no wonder we can't get our shit done because that happens all the time. Like, that is our way of life. So if we learn how to respond in a way that serves us, it's the best thing we can ever give ourselves. No, absolutely. I really, I'm truly applying that in all aspects of my life. 
And this serving yourself, I think it's important. It's, it's not at the detriment of, it's not being rude. It's just, you're just in a really, just in a just different, just in a completely different place. It's a complete win-win. Like the company win, yes. you won, you won. It's a win-win. Definitely. Okay. Tell me something. Cause I just want to know, cause some people think I'm scary. So I always ask this in the thing. What were your thoughts about me before? And was there anything you couldn't bring, you didn't feel comfortable bringing to me? Like, and you can be truthful. Am I scary? <laughs> well, I remember, because you're American, I think when we first met, because you was like, what do you want? And I was like, I want to be a bit more confident, you know? And I was like, Americans, and then there's me buying into stereotypes, but, you know, you're confident women. Because me, I don't want to be a ball-busting bitch like you, though. I think I, <laughs> I remember saying that. And then I was just, <laughs> And I was thinking, it's a bit hardcore for someone I don't know, but I was just like, I don't want to be you, but I want to, yeah, that's what I was thinking. For my start, I like directness. Being in the UK, I don't like the, someone saying something, but it's not actually what you mean and kind of trying Mm -hmm. to decipher that. So for me, I found you very refreshing and certainly not scary, but it's just some things I was just like, I think sometimes when I was, particularly in the first few months when I was speaking to you, and I almost thought I was going to get some, some, you know, like, yeah, you're right or something like that. It's just like, well, have you thought, well, why did they say that? Have you looked at yourself? And you're just like, okay. And then I'll just be like, it wasn't, yeah. And then that's because I was expecting you to respond like, yeah, but you got this and you, and which you do do, but you're very constructive and you're measured. And so you, you kind of look at a bigger picture. So I've never felt, I certainly didn't feel intimidated. I thought you, you've always been clear. And that works definitely with my kind of style. So the rules of engagement were clearly understood. There was things I tried to push like, every week. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, right. So they seem very clear boundaries. And that I worked with those and just cracked on. So I, but, and it's really funny because my friends say the same thing because I'm actually quite direct. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm telling them some of the experiences I have, they're like, but yeah, it, it seems to make sense to them. Like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Because I, I respond well to it. And then like, I'm, I'm clear. And because it's direct as well, I'm just like, okay, so maybe that's what, what other people had perceived. And, it, you know, it's been masked under being quieter, you know, more quieter personality. So for me, no. I can imagine for others, it's not going to be. <laughs> but, but for me, I was just like... I thought, no, it was good for me, for sure. Good. I think I'm pretty compassionate, though. I really do. It's like where I think I'm really hard on and there's a hard line is I'm real clear that we are not the victim. I don't want us to ever feel like someone, again, our power, something else has to change. I am like really clear on that because, and I'm not saying you have to put up with it, or you have to stay there. But I just want us to know where our power lies. And I think that's what was the shift for me, because sometimes I was coming to you as a victim. Like, so they've done this to me. Right. And then, so when your reaction was like, but you, what did you do? And I was mm-hmm. thinking, no, she's asking the wrong question. Because sometimes I would repeat the question back to you. So I was thinking, yeah, but they've done this to me. And then it was that unpicking. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I, Oh, yeah. Okay. And then yeah. that, that unraveling was really helpful. So I found that really constructive. And I think those clear boundaries was, was there. And given your experience, we've been talking about dating. I was like, um, or like having children. You've seen my, my son come in many of the podcasts. And just kind of the understanding of, I, I just felt the real connection and empathy and just understanding of kind of being a single mother. And go, I just want the best for him. But what if this happens? And but and again, that unpacking of okay, but this is all about him. What about you? And it's just, and then it, that was a kind of like, no, but this is what I need to do because I am the mom. And it's just kind of having those shifts. And so I found that really helpful, but it took a while to get there because it's not our norm, is it? And so right. for, yeah. for many of us. And so that took a while of a shift, yeah, for sure. And I think that's why that's the value of coming every week. And it's the value of me having some hard, like, no, like on those things. It's like, if I model it to you, 
after a while, then you have those things like you shared earlier where the guy does this and you're not reacting and you're not coming up going, and can you believe what this happened and da-da-da-da? Like, it's just like, oh, and I know how to address this. I know how to fix this. There wasn't an energy drain on you. You were able to go home to your kid and be mom and wasn't on the phone all day and telling your kid to leave you alone because you were talking to an hour to your friend about what this guy did. And I can't yeah. believe it. You know what I mean? It's like, you were able to be present and he just, not that we don't address it, not that we don't like all of it, but like, it's just a very beautiful way of taking our power back as black women that we've never been taught. And I love modeling that for us. Cause I want to model it for others as well. And when I look at the workplace with um, black women specifically, but it, minorities more generally, there's that victim kind of thing. And I just, and I can see the long process it is to help shift it because that's what I'm hoping to do as well. And it's not to, and I think it's really important that when we're trying to change that, that doesn't mean that there is a racism. That doesn't mean that we're not oppressed. It doesn't mean that, but like you said, it's just kind of, okay, how this is how we can deal with it in a way that is safe for you to allow you to progress because Sometimes misery in itself just breeds company and then it just just perpetuates itself. And that's not good. The cost and the sustainability of the current model that we're doing is just like, no, I really do believe that's why black women have the highest chronic disease, disability, mental illness, anxiety, depression, cancer, breast cancer, all of those things is because we hold it all in and we try to use a, a method of dealing with it that used to work. It's not that it didn't. It used to work. But in this current 2022, it's costing us now because there's other opportunities available for us. There's another ways that's available to us now. Yes. No, definitely. Like, but, but I'm just finding in this time, like in, in this time, I'm, I'm getting on mm-hmm. it actually, but I find that it's white people are now using the old methods that, you know, you know, when I hear something like, oh God, I think the injustices that have been happening are so wrong. And, you know, they're getting, I, I, I hear some of that. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't yeah. know if it's virtual signaling, but it's almost, I look back or I stand back and I'm like, yeah, I've kind of been there and done that. But I guess right. that maybe that's their, that, that's their journey. But yes, it's kind of doing it in a different way. Yes. Um, I think it would be helpful. I think. Yes. I actually think the model will be good for everyone for that unpacking, but I definitely, I can see the value for Black women for sure. Absolutely. For sure. And for me, what I do, I used to say, I used to get tickled when, when, and I really did, when someone white would be more angry than I am. I'm like, how are you going to be more angry than me? <laughs> I'm like, they're going on and on and on. And I'm like, okay. And then I have to realize, but this is all new to them. It's like if you just saw Godzilla for the first time, as opposed to living with Godzilla all your life, it's like, oh, okay. Right, so it's yeah. almost like I like, it's like when you really sit down to understand and not reacting, right? It's like, oh, my thought is they shouldn't be acting the way they're acting. Like it's overreacting. And I'm like, or is that true? Maybe they should, because I grew up in it my and like have ages of it, but mm. they're just becoming aware so imagine just seeing a snake for the first time. Oh my God, right? Yeah. Like, not to say that I let people do whatever. It's just a way of understanding everything. I think I've been doing that a lot more. Yeah. And I have to. And that's where you come, where you say, just meet people where they're at. So I'm just like, I'm listening. But yeah, sometimes, you know, the, the depression, I can't believe this. And in my head, although I try and suspend it, sometimes it creeps in, but I'm just like, Really? Because you can just Google this stuff. Right? It's been going on it's, for a while, it's, man. It's not that, yeah, this is really that fresh. Welcome to my life. <laughs> so that, that, that is it. Yeah, so that's been really interesting, for sure. For Definitely. me, I had to really understand that thought era. I was like, you are kidding me. You didn't know this was going on. How could you not know this was going on? And like, really be like, what the hell? Just understanding yeah. how, how I show up for the process, because I focus and concentrate, you know it, on high achieving Black women, right? So that we stand up, like we own it, we tell our truths and we show up. But also that needs to be met with 
our counterparts doing their work and yes. understanding too. And that means that we both have to ha- be able to have those hard conversations, but we won't be able to do that until we're both feel safe. They need to feel safe and they're oblivious. Like, I didn't know, I'm sorry. And yeah. how can I? Like, and I know this sounds stupid. They need to feel safe and to be able to do that. And we need to be safe in, okay, and this has been going on and this is how we can do it. And like, it will take two safe people or groups of safe people to move us to the direction we want to go. Totally. Okay. So what was your biggest awareness or takeaway? I'm amazing. And I wasn't, I'm not ashamed to say it. So I think first, and I don't know if it's mingled with the being British as well, because you're you're amazing. Oh, are you sure? I'm not sure. But now I'm like, I'm sure. And so that's been my biggest takeaway. And just kind of standing back because the energy, it doesn't mean that life doesn't stop and it doesn't mean that bad things don't happen, but just the response to it means that just a kind of a different energy is happening. And I can see that for sure. Absolutely. I, I see that in everything. I'm going, just for the listeners, I'm going for a very, very painful extension project. I think what I had done, BB, was that I need this, it has to happen on this deadline. And if it doesn't, and I had all these hard, expectations so I guess um is it BC I don't know but afterwards <laughs> it's now it's just like I accept that okay this this will happen when it can but it doesn't mean it won't and you know just be kind to yourself I want this to happen it's not going to happen that it will happen within this period and I need to make sure I find the right builder and you know if you're getting alarm bells I think I was meeting a couple where they took them ages to respond but I'm just like well and I remember we were speaking like well if they're turning up like that now well what right. would that mean later so why would you if someone's showing themselves at that point yeah believe it it's just kind of like yes but really unpacking that but I really want this deadline to be met and kind of really letting it go right. and then just come into this space so that's yeah I'm, I'm taking that as a takeaway and that's just been really helpful as well and then yeah. so just showing up in lots of other things and just and being truly present. And so there's, my son goes to a supplementary school and that that's, you know, there's things happening where we're looking at fundraising and, and better supporting it. But it's, it's nice to be involved, but it's just being truly present. And it's also, it's not about the serving because I'm a black woman and I have to do this. It's because I want to, but it's just without the burden of I'm obligated. It's just like, like no, there's a real synergy. I actually like it. I'm really passionate about it. How can we make it the best it can be? And so that feels really good. And so, and so I think those initial conversations with you in regard to how we've been conditioned, those are really powerful because I thought they were serving me mm. on how it's been conditioned. I thought that me working harder was helping me. I thought for me, me helping everyone else was helping me. I think for me, some of it was emotional because it's like, okay, that's really unpacking some fundamentals that I understood were absolutes. And that I found really definitely and transformational for me. It sounds like you found freedom because it's like, I do this, I'd show up when I want to, I choose the things I want to do. Like I like making decisions out of urgency. Like when I have to have the date here because my life is crazy, that's kind of the urgency. Like then you just pick the guy because he sounds like he's going to do yeah. it, but you're not making a, a decision out of what's best for the whole process, then you just kind of see it's like, oh, I have freedom to not go with him, to delay, to I find the right one. I have freedom to not attend everything and it'd be okay even though I'm the Black woman. Like, I don't have to show up and represent the race the whole time, right? Yeah, yeah. I have freedom to just be, right? And it's amazing. It really is amazing. I love it. Totally. All right, then. What would have stopped you and why didn't it? Because I know when we get on a call and I like this and it's six months and this is how much it is, what would have stopped you? For the listener who's like, I don't know if I want to work with her. What would have stopped you and why didn't you allow that to stop you? I wanted change. So that's Mm. what didn't stop me. And I wanted change. And I was committed. And this is about yourself. Like this is kind of investment in yourself. And so I wanted change. I did lots of research. I was like looking around and I was just like, but I I want something to happen. 
and that's what committed me to you. So I'm just like, I listen to you, you're like, I'm good, I do this, but it's a six-month thing. I was, was kind of long, but, was kinda, but you're like, this is clear. But I wanted change. I think I wasn't clear or articulate. I said I wanted to be confident, but it wasn't necessarily clear. I, was just, I think my thing was I'm going into this new role and it's all these expectations I had of myself in this new role. And it was yeah. just kind of unpicking that. So I felt my thing was like, I want to do really well, but I'm not sure how, and I want change and I'm not sure how, and that's why I came to you. Yeah. And that's why I would say to everyone else, but the change, it, it's not, it's, yes, it's about us being high achieving, but achieve even more is just to, just to really shift that mindset. So for me, I've been doing a lot more things and, you know, things are happening. Like I said, I did that Women's Day, International mm-hmm. Women's Day. I'm organizing it, other kind of events. But they're not, A, I don't feel overwhelmed by it, but I yeah. just see them as opportunities for myself that, okay, let's see what happens from there and to just kind of start setting things alight. And it's, it's just, the opportunities feel endless to me. And where before I was quite close, oh, I don't think I can do that or I wouldn't approach X person or no, I wouldn't say that. I find I'm, I'm just doing it and then just kind of things are happening. And that's yeah. why I really like, yeah. I love that you're putting your brilliance out there. It's always been there. You did have the answers. You did know what you were doing. We just need to uncover all of that stuff and take all the take all the garbage away. That's all we yeah. need to do. It was always there. I love it. Absolutely love it. And I love the fact that you were like, it's the conditioning and it's all the stuff, but it's like, it's easier said than done to say, I know I've been conditioned to do this and then do the work to unpack it. That's what the weekly things are. Right. And it was, I found it emotional because it's kind of, it certainly wasn't easy, but yeah. So maybe, yeah. And just really unpacking it and being truthful and putting the mirror to yourself and then accepting that, you know, it's no one's fault because this right. is generational for certain pieces, but then how do you shift that and, and change that? And as a single mother as well, I'm those things that I'm conscious of because I've conditioned myself as a single mother that I have to like I need to give him everything. I need to do this. And I yeah. and I don't. And it's just kind of really kind of reining that back a bit and just, yes. just accepting what I can do. And I think I was talking to you as well about kind of the impact I'm going to have on my son if I don't do this, the psychological impact. And then we just like, but why are you thinking like that? Like <laughs> unpack, right? <laughs> unpack those pieces. And that bit, yeah. And they were kind of hard nudges for me as well. Because then parenting becomes so heavy and laborious and it doesn't have to be. No, but the thing is, nothing has to be. That's the secret. But the no, nothing has to be. It just has to be. It's that shift. And I want, I really want your clients or new clients, I really want them to have it because it truly is liberating. And it's just, yeah, it just it lifts the fog and yes. just lifts the burden. And then you can just crack on. Yes, we can just crack on. I know. This is this is the main thing I noticed with you. So I sound so British. <laughs> I just like man. I kind of think you are though, aren't you? Because I sound so Texan. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all good. And it's yeah. all good. Anyway, so tell them about like. Anything you want to share? I know you're starting a business or you're like, how do you help people? What do you want people to know about you? So there's a couple of things. First thing, I do want to say that I think you're amazing, Brig. And I have been promoting you to everyone. So everyone knows about you in my circle, for sure. There's a couple of things I really want people to know. I support a supplementary school that really helps black children in the community with regards mm-hmm. to tuition, role modeling. And that is something I'm really, really passionate about. So I've been doing lots of that. So I want people to know about that. We do fundraising. We just want to help. It's just about this helping and just kind mm-hmm. of liberating and helping particularly young young people and children as much as possible. So how can and we I help? Have, is there, are you wanting us to send money? We're always looking for donations and what, okay. what have you, or just capacity building. So, or we'll even if the link people want to volunteer um, teaching time and it really is amazing. And they've been going for 40 years. So it's just a really worthy cause. So okay, what's the name of the school? 
Lumel Findlay Supplementary School. I will okay. send you the link and send us the link and the donation spot so that we can donate and the volunteer link too. Okay, brilliant. Okay, I, yes, no, absolutely. And I have my own business called the Personal Union, which helps anyone who's got any kind of workplace grievances. Who you don't have to be a member of the union, but if you've got any workplace issues and you need to resolve it, you don't always need a lawyer. You can contact me. And again, I can share that link as well. Yes, for sure. Because she's really good at this, guys. Like, really good at this. That's why I kept looking at you when you were like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, it's like you look at him and it's like, okay, we just need to clean all of this out so you can see your brilliance because you absolutely know what you're doing. But yeah, send us the link and that these links will be in the show notes. So you can go to the show notes and also give us all your Instagram if they want to follow you. Do you have people follow you on Instagram or no, not? No, 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 no socials. Okay. I'm just on LinkedIn. That's the only thing. Okay. Well then follow her on LinkedIn. And what's your LinkedIn? Karen Livingston. Karen Livingston on LinkedIn. There you go. Anything you want to say to someone who's thinking about joining Deeply Rooted or working with me in any capacity, anything you want to leave them with? Do it because you're not alone. I think the Deeply Rooted, the communities, the strength in numbers. And I think that's really, really, really powerful. So I would encourage people to do that. I think Brig is amazing. I think she's a professional. She knows her craft. And for the change that you want to see, I really would encourage you to, to go for it. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm laughing because I think you said you had a friend that hired a coach at the same time you hired a coach and you were like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> like, you don't look any different. <laughs> And yeah, I've got, become quite snobby. And yeah, and I have a couple of friends who are working in HR and DEI. I know quite a few coaches. So I, and I've done coaching myself. So my friend's been going through it and we started at the same time. I was like, but she, it was the traditional kind of the setting of the work. I'm like, no, and I, everything's on a first name business. No, Brick doesn't do that with me. No, no, we unpack it this way. No, no, we don't do that. No, what? No, no. <laughs> so I've been doing that. Um, just um, I spoke to my my friend who he's Irish, he's white, and he's been coaching. I think I told you he was coaching a, a black woman, mm-hmm. and he didn't feel in a in a safe spot. And he was speaking yeah. to me, and then I called on the you know I brought out the trusted brig name. I was just mm-hmm. like brig. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And it's just like I those shifts, because he can see the shifts in me. Right. And I was just like, well, you know, this lady, yeah, there's lots of things going on in the, the history, the conditioning mm-hmm. that he doesn't feel that he's allowed to challenge, but he's come through a different way. So I've just seen what the work that we've had together, I felt the kind of the benefits. And I think others are feeling that as well. So good. Thank you for mentioning that. Because I know there is a difference between what I do and what the typical executive coach does. Yes. And I think they're both warranted and needed. Oh, absolutely. When you want to do it on a more personal level to get at root cause, I think spending a little time dealing with those things and then taking that action thing, I think is perfect. But I have a couple of people who have hired executive coaches that they're now doing that work with me now. Yeah, because I think because it's a long lasting chain. And so yes. I think it almost this needs to happen first mm-hmm. because I think, like you said, that if the root causes haven't been addressed, the anxieties will still come up, right? So if I yes. had gone back to the traditional, let me do the strategy, it doesn't mean that those fears are, oh, it went wrong and then it's just this kind of transactional, well, if you do this, it can make it right. You need to believe it's right, right? So yes. you need that conditioning. So I've loved that. And because then it just like, I, if I do want to have the executive coaching, I don't feel I would need it for a long time because it's just almost, I feel that's almost a touch base. I think I just need to know, mm-hmm. that would feel possibly better. But definitely the root cause is amazing. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. I have enjoyed. And actually we are complete. Like you did this after we finished. So most of the time it's like, we still have, I'm doing it in the middle, but like you are complete. So I'm going to miss you. (laughs) I'm going to miss you. Definitely it's had a lasting impact for sure. 
For sure, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I know you're going to miss my yarns. We have an internal joke. This <laughs> <laughs> It's really, it's a very unconventional approach, but I'm giving out my heart and you're stifling a yawn. <laughs> wow. Wow, is what I was thinking. <laughs> it's a total and, internal yeah. joke. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the more she brought up the yarn, of course, the more I yawn, y'all. Like, here I go. I like, I don't never yawn, but when she brought it up, like, yep, I yawned on every call. <laughs> All right. I love you. Talk to I love you, you later. too. Thank you so much. Take care. You're welcome. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to take thought work even deeper with me as your guide, opportunities to work with me one-on-one are available. Go to brickjohnson.com to schedule your own personal breakthrough call. In 30 minutes, we'll see if working together is a great fit. BrickJohnson.com. B-R-I-G-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. See you next time.